glad we're finally done! Things soar all over! Ooh! Do you think heaven has any hot springs we could soak in? If they do, I doubt they'd let us filthy neons partake. Yeah. Plus, you'd probably spend all your time trying to sneak a peek at me anyway. Jesus, do I really look that sleazy to you? Yes, but the good kind. The kind that will catch a girl's spit with his mouth. That's enough out of you. Hello, and happy holidays. You are listening to episode 28 of the video game podcast, PlayStation Pals. I'm your host, Nick, and I'm joined by the neon green to my neon orange, John. How you feeling today, John? You good? I'm you warm? fucking cold, dude. <laughs> if, if Fimble Winter was a couple weeks ago, uh, it is full-blown Ragnarok outside. <laughs> and if you're listening from the United States, which I would imagine everybody is, uh, yeah, there's a nasty storm just whooping across the country right now. And uh, I think yesterday it was 40 degrees. Tomorrow night it's supposed to feel like negative 27. So, Ooh. yeah, it's not great, but, you know, I... Uh, Luckily, we're inside. We're we're warm. Mm-hmm. Have each other's company. Yeah. Get to talk about video games. Yeah, yeah. And you got your console to keep your house hot. Things you know? are good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah. Maybe the the PS4, like the when when they were all jet engines and things and super loud. Maybe you just need a couple of those together. <laughs> you know, if, if you're if you're worried about heat. Yeah, just turn all your consoles on at once. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing good. Doing good, man. Doing good. Yeah. All right, well, let's just get right into it, and this is how it works. Uh, Each of us bring three things to talk about. It can be a video game we're playing, a news item, an email to PlayStationPalsPod at gmail.com, Twitter DMs at PSPalsPod, any of those things, whatever we feel like talking about, we bring it and we talk about it. And speaking of the holidays, I wanted to start off with... What do you want from Santa Gaming Edition? So this can be anything that we want uh, gaming-wise. So, John, I'm going to have you kick things off. You're on Santa's lap right now. He's like, John, (laughs) have you been a good boy this year? What do you want from Santa? So... I tried to tried to vary this up a little bit. You know, I could easily just be like, yeah, I want Bloodborne 2, God of War, next God of War, whatever. <laughs> but, you know, I tried to tried to make it at least a little different. So right. uh, are, we, are we going one? one by one? Yeah, Okay. what's your first one? First one, uh, it's probably the item that I've been wanting the longest. You know, it's, it's completely unnecessary for my enjoyment of video games except for one very specific game. Gran Turismo 7, I really want a racing wheel. One of those mm-hmm. legit Logitech G29 racing wheels that, you know, give you the force feedback and, and everything like that. Um, you know, I just, I have a, a long history of loving Gran Turismo. Gran Turismo 3 uh, was the one that really, you know, got me into the series. And, and just, there's something so satisfying about just making your cars a little bit better, a little bit better, until you have, you know, a Viper with 12,000 <laughs> horsepower in it. Um, but I've only ever experienced those games with the controller, and while those are fun, I just, I really feel like, you know, taking it to the next level maybe would be something that would, would you know, elevate that series for me. I don't know if it would or not. Nick and I work with a guy who really likes his. The problem with the wheel, though, is, like, you, then you need to get the chair, and you need to get the setup, and every time you want to play it, you got to bring it out, and it's... Similar to VR, it's like you kind of do that a couple times. It's, it's very easy to get into a rhythm where it's like, eh, I'm just going to play something else. Right. So, uh, but, you but, know, if Santa's bringing me something, you know, a right. wheel. Right, it's all hypothetical. What, what is the running price on the, the on that wheel? Uh, I believe, 
Uh, two, no, sorry, three ninety nine. Yeah, Oof. they're yeah. three ninety nine typically. <laughs> then you need the three hundred dollars seat to like adjust it to because nobody wants to just use their table and a you know dining room chair. Um, but yeah, they were on sale for two hundred on Black Friday. If I didn't have children, I would have pulled the trigger. <laughs> but you know, I'm trying to be a responsible oh, adult, as hard as that may be. That's boring. I know, kids. Kids <laughs> just get in the way. All right, and uh, I'll continue with the hardware route. Uh, the one thing my setup needs is an OLED television. <laughs> so I really want an LG not C2 television, uh, 55 inch, because I <clears throat> game in an office. So it, the nice 55 inch would make you know Kratos look just beautiful, and all my future games look just incredible. And mm. I've seen John's LG. 77 yeah. inch OLED, and yeah. I'm very jelly. Yeah, I try not to bring it up because it's hard <laughs> to talk about without sounding like a pompous dickhead. But yeah, dude, that TV, you know, it was a pretty penny, and I did not know if it was going to justify the cost. You know, I bought it when I moved houses, so it was kind of part of a plan of getting a nice basement space that, you know, the way I actually wanted it to and not skimping on costs. Um, but it really does make and it's, it's not just the picture it's it's you know the ability that it has goes up to 120 frames a second you know you can play mm-hmm. all that's all the those games that you know have that ability vrr every little tiny thing that you can want in a tv that tv right. has right and uh yeah it's just it's a comforting feeling knowing that you're not skimping on anything so right the games look will look the best oh it's um, so good but I do think it's funny that you're like, I don't want to buy a $400 racing wheel. Let me talk about my 77-inch Priorities. <laughs> Priorities. You know, for one game. But, you know, my son gets to watch Encanto, uh, you know, in 4K. I, do it for, I did it for him, Nick. Don't okay. let anybody okay. tell you otherwise. <laughs> All right. What's, what's your next thing? What, All right. What's the next thing you want from Santa? So, in the realm of video games, you know, I'd, I'd be, I'm sure, do you have a video game that you want from Santa, Nick? Is one of your other two a video game? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think the video, if I were, if you were to guess what my, <laughs> what Santa, I would want Santa to bring me just in terms of, of that, what would you, what would you guess? That exists or does not exist? Does not exist. Okay. Because Hades 2 would have been yeah, my answer, that, but yeah. you got that. He, John was a very good boy because he got Hades 2 this year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so my guess would be, because I'm not going to go the Souls route because you got Elden Ring, so we're going to go Nier Automata 2. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep, and I didn't even put Nier Automata 2. I put Nier Automata sequel news. Yeah. Because I don't know if you've played that game. Um, I... I would find it hard to do a sequel to that story. It's it's a story that kind of spans. I know it sounds ridiculous saying this out loud, but eleven thousand years. It's an eleven thousand <laughs> year story. Um, so I don't know how they could really do that going forward. But I I think Yoko Taro, the guy who's in charge of that series, is a creative enough individual. He's fucking batshit insane too, but he's, he's wonderful. Um, you know, would have some idea of how to continue this franchise forward. And, right. and the original Nier, I think was a cult classic. You know, there's still a lot of people that really like that game, but Automata shocking. I think they just announced it sold 7 million, something like that, which is not for a, for a third party platinum games game to sequel to something that not a lot of people knew is, is mm-hmm. very, very impressive. So, um, just from a monetary standpoint, um, you know, I could see Square Enix who published it, Platinum Games who made it, um, you know, really wanting to get something out there and it would make me a very happy boy. <laughs> um, so yeah, I would love to see something in the near universe, specifically Automata, I guess, um, 
this year would be awesome. Babylon Fall developer. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I know. What <laughs> <laughs> what a, a swingy studio. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, creators uh, of Bayonetta two. That's, that's Babylon's good, Fall and Near Automata. That's a good choice and probably likely at some point. I think so. I yeah. hope so. All right, and yeah, I will move on. Uh, my most anticipated game is Marvel's Wolverine. All I want is a gameplay trailer. <laughs> I want. I don't think it's coming out next year uh, with Spider-Man 2 being first and foremost, but I really want to know what that game is, how it plays, what the levels are like. Is it open world? Is what? What? What is it about? You know, anything. Give it to me. I need to see it. <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting, and I don't know if you feel this way, Nick, but this is kind of how I think of when I think of the idea that Wolverine is coming from Insomniac. I just picture Wolverine as Spider-Man <laughs> swinging through New York City. I'm like, of course that's not going to be the game, but it's no. just like it's a Marvel game. Okay, so Spider-Man's also Insomniac. Okay, like there's just so many similarities. I feel like that you kind of it's hard not to think that way. But like you said, yeah, it could be something we're not really even thinking of. It could be a Ratchet and Clank style like level-based thing. It could be open world. It could be mm-hmm. Arkham Asylum-esque, you know. But right. I think it's going to be a large I think it'll be open world. I think it'll be a very high budget. You know, Insomniac is is not... They're one of Sony's flagships now. And to put out something less than, like, a very big, sprawling title from them, I, I think would be a mistake. So, right. yeah. But I would I would say that's also very likely that you'll get that next year, too. Yeah, probably. At, some point. At least probably. if you're just looking for a trailer. <laughs> All right. And then lastly here, this is kind of vague, but um, I think, you know, anybody who's into just nerd culture I think understands is I just need some some general memorabilia and aesthetics and PlayStation stuff for my basement you know <laughs> I again you know in continuing the, the the TV discussion and things like that I, I've recently purchased a new house within the last two years so trying to make the basement really my space you know man cave I guess but also just hyper focused on video games and movies I also love movies as much as I like games and so, like, to get things like, you know, a replica of Kratos' axe hound on the wall or, mm-hmm. you know, a collector's edition. You know, Nick and I were in, at a store the other day and saw, you know, one of those, uh, I think it was the collector's edition of Horizon Zero Dawn. It was a Thunderjaw statue, like a big yeah, one. and like dope. I would just like some of that stuff or even, like, the sacred symbols, you know, the triangle, circle, cross, and square, like, just some, like, cool glow light-up thing that I could mm-hmm. put in the corner. So that's kind of the next thing I need to do to my basement is just make it feel less sterile and, like, <laughs> static because it's just, you know, it's needs, it needs a little flavor, a little yeah, color. Yeah, some personal touch. Yeah, like, you know, I know your office is all orange, right? Like, that's, like, it's got a theme. Yeah. Not all orange, but, you know. Yeah, it's, it's orange and white, and then, yeah, I do have some movie posters and some displays hung up. Yeah. And some uh, strategy guides displayed, so mm-hmm. it looks nice. I am still waiting for like a, that one statue to get. I don't know what it's going to be, but one day I'll know. Maybe there'll be a Marvel's Wolverine Collector's Edition I'll have to get. There's got to be a Cyberpunk. <laughs> like, there's nothing in Cyberpunk that like, I feel like that. Mm, I, don't I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, yeah um, I don't know. For you. Nothing has come up yet. But yeah, that's a good that's a good one. You know when you know. <laughs> and then finally, my last one here is the return of the Metal Gear franchise. Mm. Uh, in any shape or form, I'll take it. It doesn't have to be Kojima. I'll take it. <laughs> More, I think you should leave things. Sorry, sorry, folks. Uh, it doesn't have to be Kojima doing it. I'll, I'll take a remake of the first game, so, uh, Metal Gear Solid. Uh, but I would love a reboot of the franchise. Just 
any reason to go back into the tactical espionage action of Metal Gear and the weirdness that comes with it. Um, Are you missing the gameplay or the wackadoo storytelling of, <laughs> of Kojima more? What are you like? What is? Is it the gameplay you're missing? I'm just curious. Uh, yeah, probably both. Okay, probably both. I, I, it's a shame. Like Metal Gear Solid Five was so great. It would be great to have someone else make it yeah. in that engine. Um, and that's not Metal Gear Survive. <laughs> I wonder if there's a, a situation where Kojima Productions really staffs up and he's able to make two games at once. <laughs> like, you know, and, and obviously there'd be so much more needed to happen. You got to get the I, Metal Gear IP. You need to get all this. But I wonder, I wonder if you could just employ him as like an advisor role for the series. <laughs> like, does it really matter if he makes the game or is it more just like he needs to have an input on what's happening where you could give it to somebody yep. that just can get the gameplay done but have his mind behind it with the way he left konami i don't think there's any way that would ever happen no it would almost have to be like the ip would have to go to sony and then sony would like slide it like across the table without hopefully nobody looking and say, hey <laughs> you want to do this but i historically um you know conjecture is that Ko- kojima wanted to stop working on Metal Gear after 2. So right. the idea of him going back to it and Death Stranding's his new, you know, new baby. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's hard for me to evaluate because, Will, you should turn off the podcast right now if you're listening. Uh, I don't really get Kojima. <laughs> I, I, I've learned this more and more and more. I just finished a playthrough watching a YouTube video of the Metal Gear Solid 2 story. I don't. I don't get it, man. I just. I just don't get it. So, it doesn't. And again, I don't. Kojima does not have to be attached to this. I, For sure. Kojima is one man. Like it, those games were made by you know hundreds of people. So. Someone, someone could recreate that magic for sure. Do you think so? Do you think, you think yeah. somebody could do the? Yeah, it probably wouldn't be as weird. And hey, it might actually you know be edited better. Not just, um, you know, people. You know, laying out every weird technology, every weird thing for hours and hours of it's true. Time. You just need somebody very verbose. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I think so, and it's gonna happen. That franchise will be back, but you know, I I bet it's probably it's actually we have a couple examples. I think of something, you know, like if he were not to work on Metal Gear, you know, in the sense that Miyazaki uh, from FromSoft, he worked on Dark Souls One. Did not work on Dark Souls 2, and people like that game, but it is definitely the black sheep of the series. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Bioshock. Ken Levine worked on Bioshock 1, did not work on 2, and came back for Infinite, and that's, again, you yeah. know, so it's like, yeah, you, I, I could see a situation where, yeah, somebody makes a competent game. I just think there will be, at least amongst the diehards who know that Kojima didn't have involvement, right. of they, would be, they would be searching for it, and yeah. would, you know, it would be a thing. Same but. thing with Arkham Origins. Right. Once, once they knew Rocks that he wasn't working on, that's the black sheep, but that's actually a really good game. Yeah. So... Yeah. But yeah, I just want to see it come back. I think it's too valuable not to in some yeah. way. Yeah. So whether it's next year or the year after, I I think that'll happen. Sure. Cool. All right. Well, that's it. Come on, Santa, come through. <laughs> I wake up on Christmas morning to an LG TV under my tree. <laughs> man, yeah, you know, if, if, Nick, you got a girlfriend. I don't know, man. You know, it's, it's, it's seeing you know, see how good you were for Christmas, what she wants to get you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, we can move on. Speaking of you know things that don't exist, but you know Santa might make happen. He might be he might be working in the back background here for some people, and very probably almost Satan esque for some other people, because I know. There's a very wide range of feelings um, about this, and what I'm talking about is we've recently gotten some speculation and some rumors. Nothing confirmed, nothing really 
to go on besides just a, a tweet from a very a prolific, reliable uh, source is viewer Anon recently said that The Last of Us 3 is currently in development from Naughty Dog and is being helmed by Neil Druckmann. And this this is a reliable leaker in the movie business. This is apparently somebody who has been correct many times in the past. Again, mostly in the movie space. Um, he He's, I guess, very recently talking about Scream 6. So it's somebody who's definitely connected. And it kind of makes sense that this would be somebody more in the movie space because The Last of Us is going through its HBO, you know, it, Introduction right now, right? That, mm-hmm. that that series is getting a lot more multimedia attention, yep. and so I I have a tendency to believe rumors as they are, um, you know, with before they get confirmed, just because I love to you know get into hype and stuff. But I, I do think that this is a thing. Um, but just kind of wanted to get your your thoughts on it, Nick. Like you know, are you excited for The Last of Us Three? Is this what you want? And because the the main thing. <laughs> that people are not excited about because I don't think anybody out there would deny any anybody would deny that The Last of Us 1 is one of the best games ever and if you have any taste you'll know The Last of Us 2 is also one of the best games ever but do we want a world that Naughty Dog only has worked on Uncharted and The Last of Us for 20 <laughs> over 20 years because if if this game comes out we'll think 2025 2026 yeah. maybe that's 19 years from Uncharted Drake's fortune. Do we want the, that studio, that talented studio, to be tied to that franchise so intimately, or would we rather see something new? Take it from oh, any angle you man. want. Oh <laughs> man. Uh, geez. First off, I am. I would be very excited for a Last of Us Part Three. Yep. For sure, 100%. I think those games are incredible. We're gonna have to talk about the franchise later mm-hmm. <laughs> in this episode. Um, so yeah, I would be very excited, uh, especially like like I said, I think Last of Us Two played great, that, and that's the only reason I'm kind of excited for this multiplayer project yeah. that they're doing with this franchise is that Last of Us Two played so well. And uh, yeah, I, I, but would I want them to do something different? Yeah, I probably. I think we're getting a little bit of a overwhelming amount of Last of Us. A little MCU the... fatigue, perhaps. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Just... <laughs> I mean, I'll like again. I will, I'll love the Last of Us Part Three. I'm very excited about the yeah. multiplayer project. But Naughty Dog, such a talented developer. To put them on something else would be. I'd be very excited. Like a, any kind of new IP. Um, Imagine seeing like a trailer where it's like you're watching some crazy looking, I don't know, Metroidvania or something, and then a Naughty Dog logo pops up. Like what? <laughs> You'd be like, what the hell? And, and that's just a weird specific genre example. But like anything besides that third person over the shoulder Sony bread and butter, right, would be very interesting. Or, or even something that's not so grounded. You know, Uncharted is grounded, but, you know, it's very... Um, I can't think of the pulpy, right? That's yeah. Indiana Jones-esque, but still grounded. Last of Us, super grounded, just fucked up. It'd be interesting to see them tackle fantasy, tackle, mm-hmm. you know, throw all the rules out the window and see what they can do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, again, and just another reason why I think this is, you know, definitely happening. Uh, April In April 2021, Neil Druckmann uh, did confirm on the Script Apart podcast that they were or did have an outline for a potential third game in the series. Um, so it obviously has been something he's been thinking about for a long sure. time now. That was a year and a half ago. Um, so I imagine, you know, they're, they're pretty deep into this thing. Um, but, yeah, yeah I think the question is just... You know how how thin can Naughty Dog spread themselves? We know Factions is coming. Uh, this leaker also did say that Factions is going to be before this, of course. 
There is another studio working on Uncharted. It's not Naughty Dog, so like that's being taken care of there. But they could potentially be doing a third IP. The issue, though, is that Naughty Dog has in the past split their teams up, and it did not work out well for them internally. At least that's no. what that's that's the rumor on the street. When The Last of Us came out and Uncharted 3 came out, they had two separate teams working on that. And I believe there was a lot of internal feelings that one of the teams felt like they were the B team, and that just caused kind of this strife within. Well, yeah, within Uncharted the Four got rebooted. You know, yeah. they they kicked Amy Hennig off the franchise, mm-hmm. brought in Neil Druckmann yep. uh, to do Uncharted Four. So, uh, so yeah, it's just I I mean I, I'm sure Sony would love Naughty Dog to put out a game every single year. Maybe they they staff them up and give them every single fucking resource they possibly could need to do so. <laughs> but yeah, it's just. You know, to The Last of Us, one of the biggest franchises that Sony has. Um, you know, if you see any rumors about it, you know, you gotta gotta talk about it, of course. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we don't know where the first season of this show is gonna go, mm-hmm. but if it does take the whole entire game, then the show could very well catch up <laughs> very quickly yeah. to where we are at in The Last of Us universe after Part Two, uh, if they decide to stick to the the exact same story. So. Um, and we saw what happened with Game of Thrones that the quality of the yeah. <laughs> the show deteriorated after they ran out of the source material. It happens in anime all the time. Um, so uh, they probably want to get this game out and the, at least the story written to coincide with the show. Well, yeah, I, I agree. And knowing how corporations and large organizations work, these money grubby people, you know, of course they <laughs> want to just get things out to keep it going, to keep subscriptions hot, to keep money coming in. I would love a scenario where the first season of The Last of Us is the first game, then they fuck off for five years. Let let literally literally let Bella Ramsey age up. <laughs> Pedro Pascal can look a little bit older. It's true. T- tell the second story from there, and then see what the third game is going to entail. Because I just you know, th- reports are that The Last of Us show is amazing. Mm. It, I think it's going to be. I just. I would love a, a world where we don't just continue to beat something into the ground. We, we <laughs> you know, have a, a, a detailed plan for it. And I think, you know, it's better in the long run. And I'm sure that's not the case. That's just, you know, maybe this is my fourth gift I want from Santa is for them to just, you know, have an actual long-term plan for the series as opposed to, like you said, get past it with, like they did with Game of Thrones. And we all know how that turned out. Right. Um, and like I said, we don't know where this first season will end, if it ends right where the game Right ends or not. So, do you think uh, gut check, Nick? Is are you playing? If if this is true, again, let's assume it is, just for the sake of conversation. Are you playing as Ellie? Yeah, I think if you do Last of Us Part Three, you yeah, because her story was kind of open ended at the end of Part Two, and I think yeah, you. Uh, so are you going to five? Poor Ellie. Poor Ellie's got to go through another game. How's she gonna shoot with three fingers on one hand? <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I yeah I, I think you got to play her with her as well. It's just she's she's it'd be weird to get into the third part of her trilogy and now all of a sudden you're not her. Right. Like that just would not be impactful at all. Well, I, I well they could always do the you know you played as two different characters in this and not sure. part two I mean, so you could probably maybe start the game as someone else and then get to where did uh where do we leave Lev in the second game? She was with Abby and the Fireflies. Okay. Yeah, they could maybe have some some more storytelling there. Either way, I'm pumped for it, man. I mean, I am already... It hasn't even... You put, nothing... a, you put a thought in my head. <laughs> okay, well, hold that thought for a second. 
Let me finish my thought. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, I just I'm, I'm excited for it. I I think The Last of Us is fantastic. In there is opportunity cost to it, but the one thing that is going to really bum me out is just going to be the internet conversation around this game when it comes yeah. out. Like you I always got to bring it up. It's going to be nonsense from top to bottom. And, <laughs> no, of uh, course. But you know, as it always. Yeah. Is. What else? Yeah. This is the world we live in, right? But uh, my story theory is you play as Lev to find Ellie because mm. they, they have another way to get the cure out and then you play as Ellie on the way back. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that would, that would definitely work. I wonder if they would, because it was so controversial in the second game, they'd oh, who's this bitch I have to play as? I wonder if they would do it again. Because I do see Neil Druckmann, he's probably a guy where he's just like, no, fuck all you guys. I'm so much smarter than you. Like, I'm, I'm going to tell the story I want because I'm the man and, you know, just kind of go with his thoughts, but... I mean, the franchise is very successful right now, so... Sure yeah, that's the other thing. Strike while the iron's hot, yeah. you know. Uh, so, I think The Last of Us 3 makes sense. Uh, I would imagine we'll get an announcement from that, if it is in existence, later this year, probably. Maybe the, maybe next year, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, it depends when this... Uh, it'll, it'll have some coincidence with the show. Yeah, I don't whenever know. this multiplayer game comes out and... Maybe there'll be some teases in there of what the... So much unknown with Sony's first party, man. Yeah, yeah. All right. So let's move on to the games we have been playing. Uh, We have a big one to talk about. Uh, John hyped this game up earlier. He was excited for it to come to PlayStation, and that is Neon White. Uh, It came out on June 16th of this year on PC and Switch and has just come to PlayStation on December 13th. Uh, It was... A game of the year candidate is sitting as an 89 on Open Critic. Not at the Game Awards, it wasn't, but other it's, sites. It's, have, a, it's one of the highest reviewed games of the year. Yes. Yeah. Um, and in this game, you play as Neon White, a sinner plucked from hell, among others, to clean up heaven from demons. Everyone is wearing a mask that explodes if they disobey their orders. Very Suicide Squad esque. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story is told through a visual novel some 2D characters on screen, and uh, some reading and voice acting, some text you got to read. Well, the, uh, the, the clip you guys heard at the start of the show <laughs> is some of that voice acting, so if, you were, if your ears perked up a little bit with that, maybe this game's for you. Yeah. Uh, and it has a very interesting gameplay loop. So the loop is based on trial-based levels in which you play in first person, and you have to clear out all the demons in the level while doing some platforming. And and you want to do this in kind of the fastest time because your time is ranked. Uh, and you kill the demons by picking up weapon cards. So you can pick up a handgun card, a rifle card, a machine gun card, and they have their, those exact effects. You know, they, they behave and act like that. But there is a unique mechanic in which when you discard one of these cards, uh, you get a movement ability or a different firing ability. So if you discard the handgun, you get a double jump. If you discard the rifle, you get a double dash. Uh, you discard the machine gun, you get a pound. Uh, the assault rifle shoots a purple orb that explodes and can break walls and kill a bunch of enemies at once. That you can also use it to basically rocket jump yourself to other platforms. Pad. Yeah. Um, and so yeah you do a bunch of these missions and you get a bunch of the story content like the clip you heard at the beginning and uh my thoughts on this game is it's fucking awesome (laughs) this is one of my favorite surprises of the year of how good this game is 
And one of the best things I love about it is how much fucking style this game has. Very, it's very unique. The art is great. The level designs are great, and the fucking soundtrack, especially. Uh, we're gonna feature a clip from it at the end of the show today. It's by Machine Girl. Uh, when you're playing the same levels over and over and over again, uh, it's so great to have a, a good background track <laughs> to listen to while you're playing. Um, and the game just plays really well. It's very tight. Uh, I love that you just click the touchpad and boom, restart the level. You know, uh, there's just so much good. And I'm just I was, as I've only through mission four, but uh, all the levels I've done so far, I've had to get the ace. I've had to get the best. Well, and when you say mission, too, each mission has like ten levels. Yeah, correct? like ten. So yeah. you've done a good thirty or forty, probably. Yeah, things. I think. Yeah, it's been ten missions except for mission four, which had three. Okay. So. Uh, yeah, it's just great. I love playing it. It's I can't stop thinking about it. I listen to the soundtrack all the time, and then <laughs> when I go home, I just want to play it more. Uh, this is, it's great. Um, John, uh, I'll stop talking and let you give your thoughts on the game. Yeah, well, first off, everybody, if you know Nick, you know he can tell how excited he is by something, how many F-bombs he drops. And I counted a couple there, so you can tell Nick Nick really likes this game, and, and I agree. It's, um, you know, I... I it's some of the best gameplay design I've experienced in a while. And anytime you can come across a, a game that does has something truly unique, something that really you can honestly say, I have never experienced this mechanic in another game, is special. And especially if you can execute it as well as you can. And you know, from what you said with the with the mechanics, they're great. But like, to I don't, I know I didn't really fully grasp how how well the mechanics work with each other until you play it mm -hmm. right you, you see you see gameplay of this thing and you're like okay you hit a button and then like now i got a purple orb that i can use as a springboard to jump up but like once you start to get into a level you see how they're designed and like you can just do like it, the more creative you are the better you can get at this game like when i first started playing it right i got a machine gun I was like, okay, I can use the bomb to jump up to this level above me. I didn't even think that I could shoot that bomb at the side of a wall, sticks to the side of the wall, it launches me up to this other platform I didn't even see, and then I cut off 10 seconds from my time. <laughs> because one of the other really cool things this game does is, like Nick said, you're trying to get the fastest time and you're ranked silver, gold, or ace. And depending on what level you get, you unlock a level of insight. Each level has four levels of insight, right? Or each each mission mm -hmm. has four levels of insight. If you get silver, you unlock two of the insight. Gold gives you three, ace gives you four. And what each of those are is it's kind of like a little tip or a little bit of help how to get through the level faster. And, and the best one of those is when you get gold, so obviously you just need to get to ace, right? You need to get one more level, but it then starts to identify sections of the level that allow you to start making shortcuts. So you're not like constantly trying to figure it out, restarting, restarting, restarting. You can really see and and know where you need to go but it's also still so perfectly balanced that it's like just because i know where i need to go doesn't mean i'm going to do it the first try you still got to work at it you still got to be pretty mm -hmm. flawless with your execution and that's just the gameplay of this game and you know if you're into japanese visual novels it's an obscure game we've talked about on the show before but danganronpa one of nick and i's you know favorite narrative visual novel type games yeah. very similar in that style where it's just it's it's, it's loud it's bright it's it's weird in the best of ways and um yeah. i'm really excited i've had to put it down because i'm just still working on that god of war ragnarok platinum man um <laughs> but really excited to get back to it and highly encourage everybody to at least check it out mm -hmm. um 
because it's also only 25 bucks. You know, it's not a full price game. It's right. it's you know a little bit smaller of a, a thing. And um, one last thing, I'll kick it back over to you. It's a it's a crime that Stray beat <laughs> this game for best indie or best debut indie. It's just like when you think when you think about a game, right? We play video games. You interact with these things. I want to play it. I don't want to just walk around and meow. So. Yeah, that, that is interesting because again, Stupid. this game reviewed better than Stray this year, it's, and it's somehow Stray <laughs> beat it. <laughs> whenever you let fans vote on things, because you're gonna get right. every fucking neckbeard person out there. Sorry for all you, you know, if I offended anybody, I'm angry. Stray makes me angry, and uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's just like little cat. And also, it's just you know, it's visibility, right? It's, uh, you know, if you how many people played Neon White versus how many people played Stray? Right. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it, it's a crime. I think it it probably is uh, the better game, but you know, at least we maybe we'll do it justice uh, probably when, when we talk about categories um, later. Yeah, and uh, in our uh, winners next week. Um, but uh, yeah, one of the funny things about this game is uh, you uh, one of the insights you get is you unlock your ghost, mm-hmm. and then I always forget like to hold forward when I when you start the level, and then when I see my ghost get that instant jump, I'm like, oh fuck, I wasn't holding forward right at the beginning, yeah, yeah. and I do that all the time. <laughs> like, yep. like I wait till I'm in the level, then I put forward on the stick, and then my ghost just shows me no. You look at the big head start you get if you just hold forward when you go start the level. Yeah. Um, well, and like you said, you know, and then the idea that you can just hit the touchpad to restart, right? Because you see that and you're like, I f- I'm not gonna. I'm, I know I'm not gonna beat my time. I'm, I'm already not gonna beat yeah. my time. Yeah. And you know, each level is 20 to 30 seconds. They're super. Is that, is that neon white? <laughs> no, they're good. Um. Sorry. Go ahead. No worries. So, uh, I lost my train of thought. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Sorry, I I pre-edited this podcast so I could post it faster and uh, it played our <laughs> ending. It played one of the great tracks of the game. So I thought I thought that was Neon the Neon White soundtrack. <laughs> um, yeah, I lost my train of thought, but you know it's uh it's just one of those games that you you stumble across and you really think to yourself, you're like, why? Why is this not more popular than this? Why why do we spend so much time playing the same things over and over again? And you know, generic open world X, you know, or talking to a friend, I know, who I know is probably gonna listen to this, and he's playing Biomutant, and I love this person, but like, you can play a better game than that right now, man. Like, there's so much beautiful things out there that you know we uh, that I think a lot of people just look at, at surface level because you look at a screenshot of this game, I totally understand somebody be like, no. Right. Right. Nah, I'm good. But like, if you appreciate games and you've been playing them for as long as Nick and I have, or even you know you just have a basic understanding, there's a lot of good to be had there. Right. Yeah. I think it's like if it didn't review well, I probably wouldn't have touched it either. But and Same. and I think it did. I think to the the stray comment is like it. I think it hurt that it was only on PC and Switch. Like I don't think. For sure. Yeah. The play. Yeah. The amount of people that played. Yeah. You know. So. Um, there's one more point. Oh, yeah. So there are side quests in this game. And this is when I knew, like, this game had me, is, like, uh, you do side quests for these characters. And they're kind of unique levels with unique mechanics. And Violet, the girl that you heard in the clip in the beginning, she's kind of, like, sadistic. So her level has, like, a bunch of spikes and weird shit in it. And it had just some of the most funnest platforming that I could feel myself smiling. Like, <laughs> I'm just, like, I'm just, like, oh, my God, I'm having so much fun. Like, I'm smiling while playing this game. You know, I can just feel it. And I usually, there's only certain games and certain things that I'm watching 
you know, I remember being in the theater watching Mad Max Fury Road and just smiling the whole time. <laughs> that movie just yeah. was a great surprise and just so good. And same thing here. It's just, yeah, we'll see if I can get, if I want to get that platinum. I don't know what crazy challenges are going to be at the end, but. Yeah, it's almost one of those things. You can't really decide till you see what the last couple levels are. Yeah. Like, this, it is one of those things where it's like. It already starts off pretty tough, but, you know, do you want right. to go through the, the, the pain of that? Right. Um, yeah, man. It's just proof that gameplay is king. This is why I play games. You know, story's great and everything, but when you find that thing that just you cannot stop thinking about just one more run, one more level, one whatever. Right. Uh, that's as good as games get to me. Yeah. All right. So let's move on. We'll probably talk some more Neon White yeah. next week. Yeah. So <laughs> it's kind of a kind of... So speaking of games that we've been playing, I don't know why I started these. Um, <laughs> you know, I, again, I, I've been really trying to just get through God of War, but there are certain times in my my life, you know, with children, with just whatever, you know, family, right, that you can't always sit down and, and play a nice long big session. So I uh, recently got myself a backbone, and so I've been trying to play some smaller games just to kind of like, you know, things that I've been meaning to play for a long time, things that require low latency, slower gameplay, things that, you know, I don't have to worry about having picture pixel perfect hmm. in things, right? And so there's a, a game from Fulbright Studios, came out in 2013. Uh, it's called Gone Home. And I really like this game. I, I didn't... I. I didn't know if I was going to because, as I literally just explained, uh, <laughs> gameplay You've been is contradicting yourself a lot this episode. Yeah, well, I don't. I don't know how to. I don't. I have impulse. I don't have impulse control. You know, I just. Just because I love gameplay most doesn't mean I don't find value other places. I'm trying right. to be well-rounded, right? right it's like, right. That's why I like silent movies, but I also like Mad Max: Fury Road. So I think there's some importance with being trying to be well-rounded. And so, I've heard this game is very short. I've heard it's, but it's also very good. Um, I, I believe I've mentioned them on the show before, but two of my my biggest uh, video game personalities that I listen to are uh, Greg Miller and uh, Colin Moriarty. And they don't work together anymore, but longtime fans of the industry know that they used to be tied tied at the hip. They had podcasts together, they worked at IGN together, all these things, found it kind of funny together. Um, and they both loved this game, and it's a it's a it's a narrative adventure true through and through. I. Walking simulator through and through. All you are doing <laughs> is basically highlighting things on the screen with your cursor, hitting X, and you open it, you examine it. But you play as this this girl who's been uh, traveling throughout Europe, and you've been gone for about a year, long, long time from your family, but you're finally returning home to Oregon uh, to go spend time with your family. Hmm. And, you know, you get this late night flight, like, you know, landing at 1 or 2 a.m., and you get home to this beautiful home in the woods in Oregon and you know it's basically a mansion and your family is not there nobody is there to greet you nobody is there to say what's going on you basically just kind of start to piece together everything through investigating different areas of the mm. house and immediately it kind of grabs you because you obviously get onto the porch and the first thing you see is a note from your sister your younger sister saying uh, don't come find me don't look for me I don't want mom and dad to know and so I'm like, is this a horror game? What's what is like? I didn't I didn't know. The only thing that I knew is that this game has LBGTQ attachments, which is fine. It's not a big deal. That's the only, but that's the only thing I knew. 
Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you know, you, you, you figure out what you need to do. You know, you, you see a cabinet on the left side of the screen. You open up the cabinet. There's a rubber ducky. You grab the rubber ducky. What is this? Oh, there's a key underneath the rubber ducky. You use the key, open the door. <laughs> so it's one of those kind of games, right, where you kind of just need to be good with the environments, explore, and, you know, that's going to kind of lead you down a path. But it's just it's, – it's very unique in the sense that – it's it's so hands off and just so free where you can just kind of go, you just walk into a room and, and just read for a little bit. It's very very cathartic, very you know kind of comforting. But it told a pretty interesting story as well. Where like I said, I thought this game kind of started off as this horror thing where I, I was trying to unlock a mystery and you kind of you play through the game more and more and more and every time you find like a big item your sister like an audio it's almost like an audio tape will come in and she'll like explain hmm. explain the story behind this item or like what happened to lead to this note or whatever the case hmm. may be and you kind of uncover more and more and more and more and I'll just say right now if you have any interest in playing this game I'm probably going to spoil it right now because it's so short I don't know how I can talk about it without spoiling <laughs> so Nick I'm sorry you're never going to play this game <laughs> And anybody else who's listening to the to the podcast, well, can I get a quick question in here? Yeah, uh, is the story is that why you're playing this? Because I I did watch footage of this going into recording, uh, and it just looks it very looks very boring, in my opinion. But I'm assuming the story is that good. It is very boring. Uh, it is. It's, okay. It, yeah, like I said, it's a walking simulator through and through. It's a game that requires you to to earn your entertainment and in the sense that like you kind of have to read everything you have to you can't you you can't walk into a room say i'm gonna just try and find what i need to find and walk out like you really need to and it's it's honestly shockingly impressive how many things are interactable like in the in the (laughs) level like every single drawer opens up every single piece of paper you can pick up every single kleenex box every single mug but what's pulling you through this is the question. Is the it? mystery, I think. Okay. It's just like, you know, so again, you, you, I started thinking it was this one thing. You get into the house. All of a sudden, you see your father's books. I guess he used to be an author who's, like, dealing with writer's block. And he's got this series about, like, the assassination of JFK. And then you find his writer's room, and he's got this weird, like, serial killer shit on the wall. Be like, Grassy Knoll, who did it? And you're like, is my dad fucking losing his mind? Like, what's going on? <laughs> and you get, and then you uncover a little bit more, another layer, where you you find out um, that your your family has inherited this house from your dad's uncle. Okay, whatever. There's another piece of the story. You get into the basement. You find your uncle's working quarters. You find kids' toys on the ground. You find weird, just weird things. And then you find some notes that kind of talk about how the uncle abused the dad and how this is kind of this weird source for his writer's block that he's dealing with right now and it kind of just again pieces start to fall into place Hmm. things come from here things come from there and i would imagine after getting through the game i probably missed a good amount because there are some pieces that didn't really tie up nicely but the main narrative of the game at least did really well and again, to kind of just not really knowing what the game was about, you start to really get deep into this this story about your sister who has a very close friend named Lonnie that she's getting really, really close to. And then she's starting to kind of, I think, figure out how she's feeling. Like, I don't know why, I just can't stop thinking about her. Um, I just, you know, I wanna kiss her, I wanna do all these things. I can't tell my parents because, you know, I don't know how people are gonna treat me. And you kind of start to learn that this is really a a love story where your sister is 
learning that she is a, a lesbian. She, you know, this is the what she is, who she is as a person. Trying to come to terms with that, where I think you know she basically. You, you read all these notes back and forth between her and Lonnie, and you can see that they truly want to be with one another and truly love each other, blah, 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 all this stuff. And it kind of just ends in this beautiful way where you're, again, exploring the house. You eventually get the attic key, which you can kind of tell when you get into the house. Like, oh, that's that's the spot. Like, it's like surrounded by, like, Christmas lights, and you can tell, like, I need to get there. And you finally get up there, and you find her your sister's journal, and she's just talking about how happy she finally is, how she can, you know, go and... and um, you know, be with this person that she wants to. But again, I didn't get a lot of closure from the parents' angle, so I was like, when I finished, I was like, it was really good, but like, I still have a lot of questions. But again, this is like an hour and a half, hour to two hour experience. Mm. You can actually beat this game in three minutes. If you know where to go and know the secret, you can just get through it. So like, that was kind of my angle. I started it because I respect Greg and Colin enough that I was at least wanted to check it out because this was like in their top five of the year, like typecat. Right. Like they loved it. They didn't, they loved it. Right. And so I thought I owed it to myself again with the backbone and all that stuff. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a cool little narrative adventure and I think I picked it up for $2 and 99 cents. Okay. So it was just, a, it was just a, a palate cleanser kind of game to play something kind of on the opposite end of God of War. Sure. Um, and then the other game that I've been playing is another older game. Um, let me look up who this is by real quick because I should know, but I don't. Uh, it's by Queasy Games, who hasn't made a game since, and with a little bit of help from Santa Monica Studio, which is funny. But this is another uh, older game, 2012, called Sound Shapes. <laughs> and this, in the basic sense, is a platformer, but it's... Dude, this game is dope. If you're a music guy, you know, this isn't licensed music. You're not going to go in and hear anything that you've heard before. But it operates in a way, like, I think we've all kind of seen these things where whether, you know, on the old internet or uh, programming where it's like you kind of have a grid, right? You just picture a 12 by 12 grid. And if you place a note on the low part of the grid, it's going to be a low note. If you place it on the high, it's going to be a high note. And there's like this cursor that's dragging across the screen and in intervals at a consistent pace, right? So as this thing drags across, it's going to play music based on where notes are on that grid. And the whole game operates in that sense. But it builds itself so beautifully that, like, you start the game, it's, like, very, like, chill, very lo-fi, very whatever, and you just get a note, adds a little thing. Get another note, adds a little thing. And so you're going through these levels that are kind of, like, 40, 50, 60 notes long uh, with some fun platforming. There, you know, there's little mechanics where, you're, like, you're this little tiny ball that can kind of stick to colorful objects but not dark objects. So it's a little bit of platforming. Um, but it's just a really fun, quick... You know, another game that you know starts super quick. You're gonna die. You get hit by anything. You're dead. But it, it restarts you so quickly that uh, you know. I just decided I wanted to pick it back up because I played it a long, long, long time ago. And um, you know, because I have problems with trophy addiction, I, I thought maybe I could get the <laughs> platinum in this one. And it turns out my son really likes it too. It's it's actually kind of a really nice game for a child because it's got music, which is great. It's colorful. It's simple. Nothing offensive quick restart so kids can't really get frustrated they're just like just try again just try again <laughs> and and like it's not too difficult so i want to just give a shout out to sound sound shapes uh, highly recommended i'm not sure i'm not sure if there's an easy way to play it i think this is just another game that i got either a long 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 time ago on ps plus <laughs> or i bought it for super cheap but, yeah. you know, speaking of Colin Morality, funny enough, Nick found his IGN review of this game uh, from back when it came out, and he gave it a 9 out of 10. So another really uh, really good, fun, fun, small game. But just wanted to, yeah, get something in between because it's hard for me to play something for 50 hours with nothing else in between. <laughs> so 
<laughs> yeah. Any 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 questions, thoughts Your on that? Your backlog like, is going to be forever. <laughs> Because you keep inserting. What do you want me to do? Play Elden Ring in between God of War and Ragnarok? <laughs> I, I can't. I, I have to. You know, I'm just my 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 plan is to create a backlog that can last me through retirement till I die. That's that's <laughs> that's my plan. Who cares how long it is? I'll get to it eventually. Um, but yeah, sound shapes dope. Gone home, pretty dope. Uh, yeah. uh, check them out. Yeah, it's it, it is nice that yeah, this, the backbone is giving you a kind of a new way to play games. Yeah. And it is expanding the games you're trying, so that's yeah. that's exciting. Yeah, I mean, as soon as I got that, I, I literally went into my library, which, after being a PS Plus member for as long as I have been, I think I have like 400 games there, and mm-hmm. then went into Extra and Premium, went there, and just downloaded different, like whether they, like I said, you know, Yakuza Like a Dragon is perfect. It's turn-based. You can mm-hmm. kind of just deal with it. Um, gone Home, perfect. So just trying to find some of those smaller games that are never going to supersede the Elden Rings and God of Wars and Cyberpunks on my main screen. But, you know, when my, my wife wants to snuggle and my kids are, you know, being my kids, I can, I can you know, feed my addiction. So, yeah. yeah. It's good. Yeah, it's good. It's good. All right. Let's go into it. Franchise Madness. <laughs> Final oh, boy. four. Oh, Do you remember, Nick? Do you remember who... Who were we? What babies we have to kill today? Yeah, it's uh, we have. Uh, I know it's God of War versus The Last of Us, <laughs> and Uncharted versus Spider-Man. Uh, yeah. Where do you want to start? Which one do you want to start with? <laughs> oh boy. Well, let's uh, let's go Uncharted Spider-Man. I think that'll be the easier okay. uh, decision. So I didn't pull a lot of data because again, this is how we feel. But I just I did get sales numbers for all of this, and just to put it in frame of reference. Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and Spider-Man have both sold combined 33 million units, so that's an average of 16.5 million units uh, uh, entry. The Uncharted series has sold 41 million units, or an average of 8.2 million per entry as well. Just thought I'd throw that out there again. It doesn't really have a lot of credence for what we're doing, but just wanted to kind of throw it out. Right, right. Uh, what are your thoughts? How are we feeling? <laughs> Who's got the best little box? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who's carved up? Um, <sighs> I the the one thing that's really leading me on here is that we have The Last of Us on here as well, and I think The Last of Us is a better franchise than Uncharted, uh, hands down. So. In my mind, it's gonna be Spider-Man. Spider-Man is. So this could have been. Siphon filter versus Uncharted, and Uncharted still would have lost. No, 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 okay. no, no. I just I, again, we gotta like start being really nitpicky here. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, and I, hands down, I think Spider-Man is the better games. It's uh, like I'm more excited for Spider-Man two than anything. Um, I, Insomniac is my number one developer that Sony has, so. You know, I I definitely appreciate Uncharted, but you know, if we gotta kill, we gotta kill one. It's it's gonna be Uncharted, you know. Yeah, I think Spider-Man has too many things going for it. I I, and what I mean by that, you know, Uncharted is. We've said it on the show before. I think Uncharted is the reason Sony is where they are now. It may be the most single important franchise in Sony history, and I don't say that lightly. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's probably between that or Crash Bandicoot or Gran Turismo. It's like it's like that, you know, those those monumental things. And it's fantastic. It's great. 
But this is the PlayStation Pals franchise madness. This isn't <laughs> yeah. like what's the most important thing. And you right. could also argue that Spider-Man from this moment forward may possibly be the most important franchise, just monetarily at least, for, for Sony. They, yeah. Those games just sell. It's Spider-Man is one of the world's most iconic characters, not just in video games, as a whole. Yeah, he's going to have a good year this year. He's going to have a very good year. <laughs> and Spider-Man's been hot for you know the last, I don't know, five, six, seven years. So I think we got to give it to Spider-Man too, or Spider-Man as well. Um, not as a knock on Uncharted, but just because they are... You know, it, it's it, it's it's pure fun. Stop for it, like like yeah. <laughs> Uncharted made it. Yeah, Uncharted yeah. made it. Naughty Dog is earned its respect. Um, but Spider Man's why I play games. I, who does swinging around, hit, killing bad guy? Not killing because you're Spider Man. Hurting bad guys, yeah. using fun gadgets. Um, the physics of it all is is just amazing and. Uh, and, and there's always something yeah. to be said about like moving in video games. You have to do it. You know, yeah. the different place to place, and just web swinging is just one of the most satisfying ways to get around. Yeah, it's like, it's you know you think about a game like God of War Ragnarok, masterpiece. Moving around that game sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to do my clean my trophy cleanup right now sucks yeah. because like you yeah. know it's not a true open world. Like you see where you need to go, but like what's the fucking path? And right. like and it does a good job having the, the the compass on top to direct you, but just from movement from getting A to B, you cannot beat Spider Man. You right. cannot beat that. I don't think. <laughs> right. Um. So I I would agree with you. Are we officially putting Spider Man yes. in the finals? Yes. Okay. Spidey, perhaps the newest, it might be the newest franchise on this entire list, just from, you know, 2018, but, uh, you know, he's a force, man. He's a fucking force, so. Yeah. Spider-Man into the finals. Now for what I honestly would probably say is probably if you were to say John's franchise madness, it would probably be <laughs> these two things against each other in the finals, so this is a big one. God yeah. of War versus The Last of Us. Yeah, uh, and... And just so again, just to say, God of War 2018 sold 23 million. Uh, I believe that is to this day the single most sold game in PlayStation history. And we don't have numbers for Ragnarok yet, but it's the fastest selling, so it's going to be there. Yeah. And Last of Us has sold 27 million copies total, 17 from the first game, 10 for the second <laughs> game. So. Uh, and, and just you know, talk about striking when the iron's hot. Uh, both God of War Ragnarok and Last of Us cannot be any higher right now yeah. <laughs> because properties go yeah. uh, both getting television adaptations both having you know great games you know just recently released you know within the last few years uh, man this is going to be tough <laughs> it is hard man I'm sitting here just like thinking about it I, I purposefully haven't really thought about this prior to the podcast because like I didn't want to I didn't want to I wanted to have an actual discussion and like thinking about these two games let's they are shockingly similar right and let's I think the way to do this is let's look at the negatives they're both great fucking games very highly reviewed game of the year candidate franchise winner franchises mm -hmm. but what do they do wrong you mentioned the movement in God of War. Yeah, but if I'm if I'm arguing the movement for God of War, I, I, Last of Us is no yeah. better. You <laughs> yeah. know, it, it's, but it, in a similar vein of what, what yeah. did they do wrong? Um, I will say in Last of Us Part Two, uh, the store, the how they divided up the storytelling, mm -hmm. the day one with Ellie, past the Ellie, 
day two of Ellie, past of Ellie, day three of Ellie, day one of Abby, yeah. <laughs> past of Abby. I that sto- that storytelling just didn't work for me. I didn't like it at all, especially because the Ellie storyline uh, ended on such a cliffhanger mm-hmm. that I was like, uh, what? Like I like I'm not mad about playing as Abby. I was just mad about. Like how did you yeah how did you leave me on that you had to wait ten hours to get any resolution <laughs> yeah. to that yeah but how awesome was it when you knew you were getting to that you're like yes 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 yeah 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 but I still thought I know that, that it's like having the you know what, what was the famous uh, most hated episode of South Park was one after the was it, they're gonna find out who Carmen's dad was and it was another <laughs> was that Pip yeah it was like a whole another yeah. episode of. You know, like uh, people get angry when they don't get their rug yeah. Having out. having the rug pulled out from under you is just not a not a good storytelling uh, device to me. And uh, like yeah. like I said, even though you knew you eventually found out what happened, it was just like I, it could have been done better. I think the whole the whole way the game was told could have been done better. Sure, I I have you know I I kind of liked how the the storytelling wasn't too, but like I I can totally see. How that is a point of contention for a lot, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely, I mean, I think a negative side to the series as a whole is the entire first game didn't play very well. It, no. it, it plays good enough. It's it's not bad, but it's not the reason you're playing through either of these games really. But especially the first one, you know, you're there for the narrative and yeah, you're playing to get to the story. Right. And so I was honestly a little bummed out when Part One Remake came out this year and they didn't really tweak the gameplay at all. I thought they were really going to incorporate the second gameplay into it. So I would say, you know, from that standpoint, the gameplay is not great, especially if we're comparing it to the combat in God of War, mm-hmm. which is so good um, <laughs> that you know those are some some down parts about there but it's not to say God of War is perfect again as I mentioned I think the movement you know is, is fine it's fine from the moment to moment but just like I feel like we're kind of past the having to climb a very specific path up a, a wall slowly <laughs> to get to where you need to go or it's kind of a joke at this point but the amount of times you need to shimmy through something just to let it load I get that um, so there are some down, downsides of that as well. I think the fast travel system could probably have been a little bit better, especially, again, with this endgame cleanup. It's like, I don't want to have to go find a portal to get to where I need to go to get to just a different part of this map. It's just, It would be so nice to be able to just go into the menu, hit where you want to go, and go there. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are some little annoyances there as well. And, and you got to remember, God of War does include the previous <laughs> Mm-hmm. Entries, you know, God of that's, War one through four. That's fair. That's a good point. You know. I love those two. That's just me, though. Like, did you play God of War four? Ascension. Yeah. Never beat it. Oh, okay. It's the only. It's the only one I, I, I've even beaten the PSP games. Okay. That's, that's the only one I never got through. Don't remember why. I think it was just. I think it was. Because it came out in 2013. If I, I don't. I don't if remember. I, remember, I, I didn't believe. Play it. It's it, the one I didn't play at all. I believe it was the same year the, the PS4 came out, which was like the first time I had money as an adult. So I was like, no, nah, dude, this is fucking PS4, let's go. <laughs> um, but like, I also, I, I specifically remember being a kid in 2005 and seeing the trailer for God of War 1 and immediately needing it. Yeah. Imme- like the Hydra trailer, like where he's right. fighting the Hydra is amazing. And playing it, same exact <laughs> feeling. Um, and I... It's you who doesn't really like the third one, right? No, I, I did not like the third one. Well, by the time I beat it, I did not like it. I was really, like, hate playing it. I was just, I was just over it. I yeah. was just over the, the gameplay and the story at that point. Um, 
So yeah, I didn't I didn't like it at the end. I just I just wanted to mention that yeah. you know because we're gonna you know we're in the Ragnarok God of War 2018. Uh, you yeah, know, it's not just those honeymoon that, <laughs> that the franchise will had other entries as well. Yeah, um, but I mean that's also you know something to be said is this is a 17 year old franchise for for <laughs> Sony. It's it's one of the most yeah. recognizable. Kratos is not that Joel and Ellie aren't, but um, what's your gut? What's your gut? <laughs> I have a gut. What's your gut? I love how Last of Us makes me feel, but God of War also makes me feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and God of War is definitely the better playing franchise between the two. The game, the gameplay loop itself, is better. Um, and yeah, like you said, God of War has been around longer. Um, and yeah, we're just after God of War Ragnarok, yeah, which was your perfect game. So. Uh, and I, I don't have a lot of negative things to say about Ragnarok at all, you know. So uh, I think it is God of War. Yeah, I remember when when God of War 2018 came out. I I, I legit could not think of a negative thing to say. <laughs> it just it, it to me it was it was my answer for what the best game of all time is. Like just in terms like I still would probably give you like if you made me write it down a link to the past just for lots of reasons, but like just in terms of like all around experience. Mm-hmm. And so, for me, it comes down to, I think, The Last of Us as a series may be a little bit better narratively, but not by a lot. Right. Not by a lot. And I think God of War is a lot better gameplay-wise. Right. So, and, char- and characters, pretty even, right? I, Ellie's probably my favorite video game character ever, so I do love her. But Kratos <laughs> and the, the, the relationship that Kratos and Atreus have, is so it's probably even better to me than Joel and Ellie. Um, so I think yeah I think it'd be interesting if we had done this six months ago yeah it might have been Last of Us because of because that. to see the full circle of the <laughs> right, Atreus arc, right, yeah. right so yeah and I mean you know Nick and I have talked about potentially doing this again in the future or you know something like it and you know it would be interesting to revisit but it, it it does get a little bit of a bump because it's the biggest release that we played recently, but I think it's the right call, which is insane to think, you know, before <laughs> God of War got a reboot, that it would yeah. be better than The Last of Us. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I think I think Kratos remains undefeated in his life. He doesn't lose to things. He just <laughs> no. he, he, he wins every single time. Yeah. So uh, God of War versus Spider Man, man. Can can (laughs) Spider-Man beat Kratos? We'll see. Yeah, so so stay tuned for next week. We will decide. We will have that argument. It'll it'll be interesting. I don't think it is a straight win for... God of War, I think, which is the... He's got to be the favorite going in. Yeah, God of War is Duke right now. Spider-Man's like, I don't know, (laughs) Syracuse or something. What are you? You're speaking foreign language to me. That's right, Nick doesn't like sports. I'm sorry. (laughs) So. Sorry. Okay, it's Thanos versus Black Widow. (laughs) Okay. Oh, oh, okay. I got you now. All right. All right. So, for our final topic here, we wanted to do the category announcements for next week's show. Uh, This is all the different. As in the spirit of the show, we are going to have six categories for next week. And we will bring be bringing our nominees and our winners then. Um, and just for you know everyone to know, John and I we don't have 
you know access to games like other people this is just a side hobby we do so our <laughs> side list hobby to our side hobby. <laughs> yeah yeah this is just uh so we don't have we don't play everything yeah. and if we just did games that we played this year we wouldn't have a lot of entrance mm-hmm. <laughs> you know i think i played like maybe nine games that came out this year so what we're doing is for games that we played this year so mm-hmm. anything that we played this year whether you know gone home could qualify john played through that so and that's a older game sound shapes undertale yeah undertale yeah a lot of these older games will qualify so just just putting that out there so when you're like this game one well, it came out five years ago <laughs> it's like well that's when we finally got to it yeah. so <laughs> so oh it's Hades. oh weird <laughs> So without further ado, two minutes uh, obviously category one, game of the year. We're gonna do it. We gotta say what the best game we played this year is. Now, Nick, hold on. I, I know you've told me this, but also for the viewers, are we each bringing three nominees? Are we combining our nominees? What what is the <laughs> nominees? Or are we literally just coming with the winner? Uh, no. Well, well, you can have your nominees. Uh, I. If you want to do more than three, that's fine. But I was thinking three each okay. for each. And then Perfect. you just say your winner of the three. Okay. Um, this way you can highlight other games that you like this year as and well. That way we can prove to everybody my taste is better than yours. Sure. Yep. We'll find out. <laughs> I already have one person in my camp. Hey, Mark, how are you doing? <laughs> Don't try and flirt with the listeners, John. <laughs> uh, uh, and after that, we have another pretty basic category best indie game again we want to highlight how good stray is so we had to make a category just for it so we can uh, it's what do you mean it's getting game of the year yeah exactly (laughs) Uh, and then the rest are and then the other pretty uh standard one is we're going to do best performance uh again we really want to highlight video game actors and voice actors uh and it was a really good year for them yeah for performances so yeah. <laughs> I wonder if we will have the same person for this because we have mentioned one person multiple times. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. And then the final three are pretty unique, uh, but all still game related. Uh, we have Best Boss Fight. That's going to be a fun one. Yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, we have Best Weapon. Mm-hmm. So any kind of weapon in a game. Uh, it can be nominated and then finally best character to have a drink with so if you're going to dinner and you could invite any character that you met or played as this year who would you bring who would be the interesting one to do that with not thor you will not have enough booze (laughs) not thor uh you might hear some good tales yeah that's true that's true but uh that's it that's our six categories for game of or 2022 uh, make sure uh, if you want to submit yours, we will happily read them again. And yeah, it's it's gonna be fun. I'm excited. Yeah, the one the one category that makes me nervous that I feel like we might make people angry with is best weapon because I feel like I got a lot of Elden Ring weapons. To look at. <laughs> like cause that that game, God knows how many there are in there. Yeah. And uh, each of them plays so differently, but uh, yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be all be fun, and it's all all in good fun anyway. Who again, cares? yeah, and. Uh, Again, maybe an Elden Ring weapon will win, but and John won't see them all. There's no way. No. <laughs> so, so again, don't don't hate on us. This is just, again with our, with our limited time. This is the games we played, and and I don't know about you, Nick. There's there's yeah. We'll, 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 no, we'll save it for next week. Okay. We'll save it for next week. <laughs> <clears throat> all right. So 
That's it. That is six things. Again, to tease next week, it'll be a 2022 wrap-up. We will be going over our PS wrap-ups. We will be listing off all the games we played, all the games we platinumed. Every every detail of 2022, we'll do a giant show wrap-up. And PlayStation Battles Franchise Madness will also be next week. We will decide the winner between God of War and Spider-Man. We timed that shit perfectly. I don't know how that worked out. (laughs) But it worked out. Uh, And then finally, I did want to mention I did finish Kenna Bridges Spirits. Mm. I just wanted to mention it. I... Hopefully the wheel is happy to <laughs> finally beat a game that it determined. So, uh, you know, I, I'm free to play Neon White and something else, which we'll see. Well, you know, the wheel has negatively affected our life outside of video games, so I'm hoping <laughs> that the wheel can positively affect my life yeah. if you did satisfy it. Yeah. Still dealing with my car, folks. It's not fun. <laughs> yeah, boy, the wheel really went at you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I did. You didn't finish its games. Neither did you. Well, you I guess now I'm, you did. I'm one for two. You're over two, so. What is it? What besides? Oh, disco. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I do want to get back to that. <laughs> All right. Do you have anything else to tease, John? It's just you got your on platinum watch. Yeah, I'm on platinum watch. I mean, as soon as as soon as I get that God of War platinum, I am jumping into. <laughs> I just sorry. I just had like four games pop in my head that I probably. <laughs> Yeah, you know, Elden Ring's on the docket. I gotta finish the Last of Us Part One remake. I want to play Neon White. Uh, it's gonna be one of those three or a combination of some of them. Hopefully, you'll get some time this holidays. Yeah, because families don't like Christmas time to interact with one another. Well, maybe everyone will be distracted with their gifts. So that is true. I know my son doesn't listen to this podcast, so I can say this knowingly. But uh, yeah, got him a uh, got him his own Switch. So you know, hopefully that can get. <laughs> You know, if I did that as maybe a little also gift to myself in some weird way to get my PlayStation back, maybe That's I fine. did. But um, yeah, That's so fine. hopefully, hopefully that distracts him for a little bit. All right, so we are going to leave you on a song from Neon White that you heard break into it while we were talking about Neon White accidentally. Uh, again, this is by Machine Girl. They did the whole soundtrack. They're great. Uh, the song is called Rigged Game. Uh, it's so good, man. What, are, are there any other tracks from the soundtrack that you would recommend? That's the because this is the one that I've like last shot, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I haven't. I haven't. Uh, I haven't been saving them. I should go back just, and listen and just start saving them. But that yeah, that was the one I did save. So yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, enjoy the song and check out Neon White. It's it's good. Yes. They deserve monies. <laughs> yeah, and really just funny thing about Neon White, made by the guy who did Donut County, if you know that game, which is just blew my mind when I found that yeah. out, because they are not alike at all. Yeah, this game screams like it's a Japanese game, yeah. but it's not. Just some weird guy. All right, some weird well, guy. enjoy the holidays. We will be back next week with 2022 wrap-up. Thank you for listening. Goodbye, guys. Merry, Merry Christmas, happy holidays. Hope I didn't offend you. Love you, bye. Bye.